It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, January 24th, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka reported 51 new coronavirus cases on Thursday, according to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. The new cases bring the city's seven-day case rate to 161, continuing one of the biggest spikes the community has seen since last summer. Every municipality in Alaska, including Sitka, is currently in high alert for COVID. Since the start of the pandemic, Sitka has reported a total of 1,803 cases, 29 hospitalizations, and six deaths. On Friday afternoon, the Sitka School District reported that 29 cases associated with the district are currently isolating, up slightly from earlier this week. Elsewhere in our listening area, Yakutat reported four new coronavirus cases on Friday, according to the Department of Public Safety. These new cases bring the city's active case count to 10. Since the start of the pandemic, Yakutat has reported a total of 74 cases. The community of Angoon also reported five active coronavirus cases on Friday, according to a post on the city's Facebook page. Heavy rains in Sitka over the weekend are no fun, but communities where the wet weather is coming on top of snow are struggling to manage the transition. Whale Pass on northern Prince of Wales Island is an example. The town got 100 inches of snow in December, which damaged some buildings. Now recent rain could threaten flooding. KFSK's Angela Denning reports. 100 inches of snow in December is more than normal, say Whale Pass residents. And the winter weather came earlier than normal. We've had several buildings in in the community collapse. Resident Doug Browand says it's kept the town busy. Most of the guys here have kind of rallied together, and we kind of formed two digging teams there for a while. We were just going around and digging people's you know roofs off as best we could. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty sketchy work, let me tell you. The boathouse with Browand's Wi-Fi antenna collapsed on December twelfth. His water and sewer lines have just thawed but they'd been frozen since Thanksgiving. He says the roads have been impassable since the New Year's because of the snow. Now, with recent rainfall, they could become flooded. Without roads, the residents can't travel to larger communities on the island for supplies. It's difficult. It, it's, uh, you know, we, we get down to, um, you know, we're out, we get out of bread and we get out of eggs and things like that. We're out of dog food, we're out of milk, we're out of all those things, yeah. Broen says they've been relying on a lot of canned salmon put up last summer. Whale Pass is a very small town. Residents don't believe the latest federal census of 28. Some counts put the population as high as 80, but by all accounts, it's less than 100 people, says Mayor Don Anderson. She says all the residents were caught off guard by the unexpected winter weather. We have an extremely unusual amount of snow. Um, people who've been here their whole lives have never seen this kind of snow. She says the early extreme weather has stunned everyone. The community's snowplow was already broken, which they had planned to fix before winter set in. Using the road grader instead, that broke down as well. The needed part for the grader took weeks to arrive by mail. The nearest grader was 25 miles away in Nocatee, and driving it over wasn't really an option. It's definitely been a challenge. It's, it's made life a little bit difficult for everybody here. We've managed to avoid any major emergencies, but sometimes it feels like a little bit of by the skin of our chinny chin chin. Anderson says she's looking into state and federal assistance for the community's road budget. She says they've spent more in one month than for their whole winter season. 
She's also reached out to other towns in the region for guidance. Communities further south on Prince of Wales Island have fared a little better. Kaufman Cove suffered some frozen pipes, but no damages, according to the city office. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. Eight decades after the fact, the federal government plans to clean up a contaminated former army site on an island near Sitka. Fort Babcock was designed to be a keystone in the defense of Sitka Harbor, which in the 1930s hosted a significant military presence to counter a rising military threat from Imperial Japan. But as Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports, its legacy today is little more than abandoned buildings and contaminated soil near the shores of Sitka Sound. Few people in Sitka know as much about the area's military history as high school teacher Matt Hunter. I uh, kind of have a passion for local history and really got into World War II stuff back in middle school. He says in the 1930s, after Imperial Japan invaded its neighbors, the United States realized it had few Pacific defenses outside of Hawaii and the Panama Canal Zone. But Alaska, sort of the third vertex of a strategic triangle, was completely undefended. Military planners went to work to change that. Naval air stations in Kodiak, Dutch Harbor, and Sitka were rapidly developed. Defense of those naval bases fell to the Army, which installed a battery of guns capable of striking an enemy ship from 12 miles away. And that would give them a very good coverage of the main entrances to Sitka Sound to defend the air station. But as the tide of the war shifted, the threat from Imperial Japan receded, and by 1944, the military canceled the defense project. And they just uh, polished up the work that was right next to town. And then as soon as they finished, they abandoned them and locked the doors and left. Today, the site is heavily overgrown. But among the ruins, there's still evidence of the incredible effort by thousands of men. This this construction material that is uh, rusting away, there's piles of rebar, uh, cement bags, all this stuff staged out there ready to, to finish. And there's even some notes on some of the workbenches, and they're written by the the men who are in the construction battalion. One member of that battalion came back for a visit more than a decade ago. That's just like MacArthur waiting ashore. MacArthur said, I shall return. I didn't like that guy, though. 93-year-old Bob Vollmer returned with his family to Kruzoff Island in the summer of 2010. This is a neat place. Spooky. KCAW's Ed Ronco shadowed him and filed a story about the Indiana man who'd spent most of 1943 helping build Fort Babcock. I've been dreaming about this for years and years and years. Uh, I really didn't think I'd ever get back here. Bulmer passed away earlier this month at the age of 104. But in the interview he gave to KCAW more than 11 years ago, he expressed surprise by how much nature had taken over what had been a bustling observation post during the war. And I'm real happy to know, like places like this, they're still uh, environmentally sound. But Fort Babcock is not as pristine as it may have appeared to Vollmer in 2010. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which is tasked with cleaning up former military sites, discovered serious contamination about two or three years later. Beth Astley is the Army Corps' project manager overseeing cleanup of the site. She says investigators knew about the old oil tanks, but in 2012 and 2013, they dug deeper. That's when we discovered there was PCB contamination at the former uh, power plant. In a document filed last summer, the Army Corps announced plans to remove about 559 cubic yards of PCB contaminated soil and place them in what Astley calls super sacks. Which are large sacks that are specially made to hold contaminated soil. And then those 
bag would then be put onto a barge, and then they would be taken to a port and then to, to the landfill. In the lower 48, there aren't any places in Alaska that accept PCBs, which are carcinogenic and will bioaccumulate in the body. They don't seem to go away very quickly. You know, they can persist for a really long time. Sitka Tribe of Alaska has been pushing for the cleanup of Shoals Point. People hunt, fish, and gather traditional foods on Kutsoff Island, just a skiff ride across the sound from Sitka. The tribe is pleased that the Army Corps is going forward with cleaning up the site um, because it's, it's long overdue. That's Helen Dangle. She works in natural resources for the tribal government. She says the Army Corps' plan is to address the most hazardous waste at the former Fort Babcock site. But that doesn't say mean that all of the contaminants will be cleaned up. In the document, there's a lot of talk about uh, cleanup levels and if there's a complete pathway to humans through air, through, through drinking water, through skin contact, or through eating. And so if they determine that there's not a complete pathway, then some of the contaminants aren't getting cleaned up. The Army Corps says it plans to remediate the area to residential standards and no additional environmental monitoring would be required. Matt Hunter, the math and physics teacher at Mount Edgecombe High School, says Shoals Point is a fantastic place to visit. It's not like a, a park, something that's had interpretation and doors locked, everything's wide open and it's also a very unique place being on this volcanic island with all the surf coming in and the open ocean is, is absolutely beautiful. The cleanup isn't going to happen overnight. The Army Corps is still designing the $2.2 million effort. Actual work and removal of the PCB-contaminated soils isn't expected until 2024, 80 years after the U.S. military had walked away. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick. Taking a look at the community calendar. The Sitka Tribe of Alaska has federal heating assistance funds available for income-eligible households with at least one Alaska Native or American Indian member. For more information or to apply, visit STA's website, stop by the office, or call 907-747-7245. KCAW's Community Advisory Board, or CAB, meets at 6 p.m. on the third Monday of each month. Raven Radio invites people who bring ideas, relationships, passion, and follow-through to join the CAB, whose mission is to assess how well KCAW is meeting its public service mission and help with programming-related tasks. For more information, you can go to our website, kcaw.org cab, or email cab at kcaw.org. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.